When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Always a pleasure to talk Lakers basketball with everybody out there in Southern California. Um, I'll throw out the phone number if you guys want to uh, bring up any light Laker topic that interests you. That's uh, a big reason why we do this show, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. That's a great open by Mario. Um, you know, makes me think about it. I was going to start off the show with this. Uh, Trevor Lane, by the way, Lakers Nation, will come on about 730 Um yeah, you know, it, it, it was it's been an interesting start to the Lakers season. Obviously nobody wants to be sitting three and ten through the first thirteen games and um Lakers got a lot of figuring out to do and they don't have really weird to have a schedule where you don't have um a game for four days. That never happens. Only the all star break is when it usually does. But Lakers Monday through Thursday off. No games all the way up until Friday. I think it's going to serve them well for a number of different reasons, but it helps that you get that win against the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. At least you can have a certain taste in your mouth, knowing that the season has not gone as planned, knowing that you wish that the record was a lot better, knowing that you you were hoping you'd get off to a start to where maybe it was more advantageous to figure out what you want to do with the roster, figure out what you want to do with some personnel that you have. Um, all of that did not go as planned. But like I mentioned, getting that win yesterday was important to just kind of stop the bleeding for a quick second. They already have two five-game losing streaks this year, so that's obviously something that the Lakers don't want to be associated with. Um, But the big stuff from yesterday, which I think is going to, you know, you could say kind of dominate the show tonight, is um, Anthony Davis had one of those nights. He had one of those nights. He had a, a 37 an 18 night, and those don't happen all too often in the NBA. And when they do, um, you're just assuming it's one of those top five players in the NBA. Joel Embiid had a stat line yesterday that was just ridiculous. I think the Philadelphia 76ers scored a total of 105 points. He had 59 points and eight assists, 11 rebounds and seven blocks as well. But he was pretty much their entire offense, literally their entire offense. He was almost involved in every point, every bucket that they got. Um, Giannis has a night like that. LeBron, obviously vintage LeBron, he would have nights like that. Luka, Luka's going to have games sometimes where you sit back and you say, wow, look at those numbers that Luka just put up. So it's not that it doesn't happen in the NBA, but usually when it does, it's the top five, top ten players in the NBA that have one of those nights. That's what I thought was so unique about AD last night. Anthony Davis, uh, more times than not, I think I could tell you around where he's going to be in a game. You know, he'll have between 20 and 25 points. He'll have between 8 and 10 rebounds, somewhere around, around there. And the question is, did you feel Anthony Davis? Did you feel his presence? Did you feel like um, he dominated the game? Did you feel like they just have no answer and they got to use timeout after timeout because Anthony Davis is just killing whoever the opposing team is? And we haven't seen that from Anthony Davis in a while. I've I've got used to um, I, I've uh, tapered my expectations when it comes to Anthony Davis. I've tapered what I'm expecting to see from Anthony Davis on a night in night out basis, and 37 and 18 is not what I'm expecting to see. So it was unique last night for him to have that night. One question I want to throw out to Laker fans is um, nobody's saying that he has to be top five in the NBA because I don't think that he's going to go back into that conversation. And nobody's saying that he has to you know, just have these unrealistic numbers on a night in, night out basis. Um, but to me, the, the most important question is, can Anthony Davis, can he be more consistent? Can Anthony Davis be the player, be a version of the player that he was yesterday? Kevin Durant was on the floor yesterday. So was Anthony Davis. AD was the best player on the floor yesterday. Um, 
eight out of time, eight out of ten games, can Anthony Davis be the best player on the floor? Is that too much to ask for? And maybe I'm asking for too much. Again, I want to go back to this. I've tapered my expectations on Anthony Davis. So I don't want to say that I'm expecting Anthony Davis to do this, that I'm expecting Anthony Davis to be the best player on the floor eight out of ten games. Um, but I, I've always felt that if the Lakers are going to make any noise this year, it was going to come down to Anthony Davis. LeBron obviously has missed a couple games. Hopefully this long break that the Lakers have, who knows, maybe Bron comes back on uh, on Friday night against the Pistons and the Lakers just see if they can go on, on some type of winning streak. But back to the AD version of what we saw yesterday. There was a game on Friday night. Lakers took on the Kings. Final two minutes of the game. The best player for the Sacramento Kings said, give me the ball. I'll go close it out for us. He's talking about De'Aaron. I'm talking about De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox was the best player on the floor. Definitely in those final couple of minutes, he took over the game. And there was nothing that the Lakers could do. And while the other side of him, looking at Anthony Davis, and I understand, look, defenses are going to focus on AD, and they're going to say, all right, let's let Lonnie Walker beat us. Let's let Patrick Beverly beat us. Let's let Russell Westbrook beat us. It's smart. That's what they should do. But I think the best players in the league, it doesn't matter what you game plan for them. One way or the other, they're going to impact the game. That's what I don't see enough from Anthony Davis. And that's been the case, you know, if we want to say these last couple years, it was predominantly because of injuries. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Um, we've had He's had some bad luck, no question about it, these last couple of seasons. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Lakers have been zero threat to competing for an NBA championship without Anthony Davis playing his best. But the game on Friday is a perfect example of Anthony Davis being on the floor, but not really feeling his impact. That De'Aaron Fox was the one, and the Sacramento Kings was the team that went on an 8 nothing run here in L.A. to close out that game. Lakers end up losing. Uh, that, at the time, ran their record to 2-10. and They get the win yesterday, so now they're 3-10. Um, I-, I don't know what AD I'm going to get night in, night out. I just don't. And yesterday gave you this kind of glimmer of hope saying to yourself, okay, well, that's interesting. Anthony Davis was the best player on the floor in that game. Anthony Davis did what he needed to do in a game where KD was also out there. And Anthony Davis just it looked so so smooth, so effortless for Anthony Davis last night. Now, there are some, there are some, there are some underlying circumstances, and we don't got to go into too much of the details, but I know Claxton left the game. Um, the Brooklyn Nets were playing a second of a back-to-back. They played the Clippers on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Seth Curry didn't play in the game. There's a lot of factors that goes into it, but it goes into it in every game. Lakers didn't have LeBron. Obviously, they're still trying to get healthy. But the AD piece to me is always going to be the it's the glaring piece for the Lakers. If Anthony Davis can, on a night-in, night-out basis, especially with LeBron just where he is. LeBron, look, how much? what more can you ask for from LeBron James? The guy's in his 20th season in the NBA. And even though I know a lot of listeners and a lot of Laker fans will call him in the post-game show and say, ah, LeBron should have done this and LeBron should have done that, I always kind of stop everybody. I'm like, what about Anthony Davis? Why, why isn't Anthony Davis one? The, the, when they first acquired AD in that trade with the Pelicans, what was that, 2019? The idea and the concept was not LeBron in his 20th season, four years later, was still carrying the Lakers. That was not the concept. That wasn't the idea. That's not what people were hoping for, looking for. The idea and the concept was, hey, at some point, Anthony Davis is going to become the best player on this team with LeBron still on the squad, but AD kind of taking more and more of the load. That has not been the case since AD has been here. Now, that doesn't mean that AD didn't have a fantastic finals run, helping the Lakers obviously win that championship in 2020, but it's been predominantly Bron carrying the Lakers and not Anthony Davis. So um, can AD be the best player on the floor on most nights? They're going to need him to be. Can AD be a top 10 player in the league? They're going to need him to be. And I don't have the answer for you. You know, I, I, I said this the last couple of years. I um, I had, before the season had started, um, last couple of years I talked about how I, I really think Anthony Davis is going to be in that conversation for MVP. 
This season, I aborted mission. I was like, all right, I'm out of that conversation. I don't want to get back into that one. I've been wrong two years in a row that he would just be a part of that conversation. I almost kind of, I psyched myself out trying to convince myself and um, sell myself on the idea that well, watch out for AD this year. Um, so I, I, I may, I'm, I'm almost, I kind of fall firmly on this one. I now need to see it to believe it. You know, the definition of faith is believing before you see it. I need to see it before I believe it. And yesterday we got a glimpse of it. The question just comes down to is, can AD be that impactful every single night? Again, I'm not saying drop 37 and 18 every night. Can can you can can we as a as a fan base and could other teams feel his impact night in and night out? Because putting up 23 and 10, that looks great on a stat sheet. Um, but is it allowed 23 and 10, or is it a very very quiet 23 and 10? And in some fourth quarters, you're not taking any shots, and in some second halves, you're only having a few points. That um, that to me is what uh, is the difference of a top 10 player, a top five player, and somebody that kind of weaves in and out of that conversation. And certainly, I think AD falls into that category. Uh, big thank you here to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Just pull up and drive in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We uh, appreciate their partnership on the show. A um, couple things I want to do here when we come back. First off, I'm going to throw it out to Laker fans. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. Do you have faith that what AD showed yesterday can be something that we see on a more consistent basis, that he can be that player that we're all hoping uh, – that that you know, obviously the Lakers need him to be. Uh, do you have faith that Anthony Davis can still be that guy? I still, no question about it. I, I won't hesitate on this one. I have my reservations. Of course I do. Why wouldn't I? I've been watching Anthony Davis for the past, you know, obviously three plus years that he's been a Laker. And I want to see it more than anybody else. But you got to do it on a consistent basis. It can't be, hey, one night you... you it sounds good and it looks good and it feels good. And then three, four, five nights later, uh, you got nothing. Or it's not the it's not the dominant player that some of these other big men are around the league. So we'll do that coming up next. Plus, um, Lakers, this, this kind of break for the Lakers could really lead into something starting this Friday where they can have their entire roster together, which I think is going to also answer other questions that the Lakers have of whether they're going to make or move uh, down the road or not. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Right, Trevor Lane from uh, Lakers Nation going to join us in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, let's take a couple calls here. Let's go to Mike in Montebello. Mike, you want to get in on this AD conversation? Yeah, let's trade him. Bring the U-Haul, trade him. Let's get what we can. He's not the man in L.A. This reminds me of Dwight Howard when he came to L.A. And Kobe looked at him and said, you ain't the man. This guy wasn't the man in New Orleans. He's not going to be the man in L.A. So let's just move on. Mike, appreciate the call. Okay, a couple things on here. Let, 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 me, let me play that premise for a quick second. First off, I, I don't think you'd be getting um, the value that you'd hope you're getting for Anthony Davis 
I don't think you're going to get the value that you're looking for just based upon him coming off two seasons where he played half the, what I think I've said this before, he's played 76 games over the last two seasons, 76, less than 50% of the games, maybe 78, something like that, less than 50% of the games he's played over the last two seasons. So right out the gate, I think if you did decide, um, hey, let's shop Anthony Davis. I don't think you're going to get the value that you you are hoping you're going to get. That's number one. The second thing is, okay, let's say you do that. What's the goal there? Is the goal to just restock the shelf and get some draft picks and start rebuilding and everything else? Because if that's the plan, you still got Russ on your roster. LeBron's obviously still on the roster as well. Um, I think they all got of a line here. If if you're if you're still continuing to hey, we're trying to see if we can make good with what we have, be somewhat of a 500 team, and then maybe there's a trade out there that the Lakers could go be a part of, try to improve the roster. Or if it's not that, and the idea and the concept is let's just stop this whole thing. We got a championship out of it. Um, let's move on. It's We're not going to get another one. We're not even going to compete for another championship, so we might as well move on from it. I think whatever the strategy is, I don't think trading one of those, and I'm talking about Anthony Davis, is – but you still have these other veterans on the team. I don't know how much sense that makes. I don't like the comp with Dwight Howard. I'll tell you why. Um, I know Dwight in round one with the Lakers. Uh, certainly – that, that didn't work. It didn't happen. And then Dwight just went and signed with the, uh, the Houston Rockets. There was no there was no real guarantee that Dwight Howard wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker. He ended up, when he got the opportunity for free agency, he was out the door. Anthony Davis has a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis um, what is good, was as good as LeBron James in that NBA Finals run and won an NBA championship and helped put uh, banner number 17 up there. So the comp with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis is not the right comp. I'm not a fan of that comp. Um, obviously, look, you're entitled to your own opinion, but for me personally, I'm not one that, uh, that, that, that believes in that comp that you threw out there for that exact reason that I just mentioned. So one of them, one of those guys have a championship, the other one doesn't. Um, what, why don't we do this? Why don't we just try to see if Anthony Davis, there's a stretch of games here coming up and I'm the first one to put my hand up on this. If Anthony Davis is, if he's a top 20 player in the league, I don't think all that much is going to change with what you're seeing from the Lakers on a night and night out basis, because you know, you're going to have Braun where he's really good in some nights. Maybe other nights he's struggling. But if Anthony Davis is quiet, if it's a quiet 23-10 and 10 every single night, I don't think there's going to be any noise made this upcoming season. If Anthony Davis is a little bit closer to what he was yesterday, if Anthony Davis is a little bit closer to a top 10 player in the NBA, if Anthony Davis is one of those guys that defenses are just saying, we have no answer for him, there's no answer for him, then maybe that conversation is going to change. So something interesting is going on here um, for the rest of this week that I think will – it's unique to what has happened so far this year with the Lakers. There is a chance – and hopefully a good chance, that by the time the Lakers get to November 18th and they play the Detroit Pistons on on this uh, upcoming Friday, the Lakers could actually be healthy. They could be um, in a position. I heard it yesterday first, and I don't know if Lonnie Walker was supposed to say it, but Lonnie Walker said in the postgame show, said something to the effect of, you know, we get Dennis Schroeder back, when we get Thomas Bryant back, and he was talking about Friday, um, then they'll be whole. Um, then I saw, this is from Sham Sharania, that Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant are expected to make their season debuts on Friday. I know for the Lakers, they were strategically keeping Braun out these last couple of days. When I say strategically, um, what I mean by that is they knew they had a four-day break coming up, and if there was a way that Braun could get eight full days of rest to rest his injury with his groin, then I'm sure they'd feel a lot more comfortable trying to throw him back on Friday. We don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe he comes back Friday. Maybe it's because the Pistons, they hold him out a little bit longer, give him 10 full days of rest. Maybe he's feeling great. Maybe he's not. I don't have that answer. But what the Lakers could potentially do by the time we get to Friday's game, they could be healthy. They could be healthy and whole. Um, 
I'm not trying to make a case here that Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant, if they were in this lineup, that the Lakers would have three, four, five more wins. But I, I do think that there is something to they've they ha, they've had kind of an interesting mix here to start out the season. Bronev's obviously now missed three games. Um, you had Lonnie Walker that had to be in and out of the lineup because of that some kind of virus going on inside of uh, the uh, inside of the the locker room. There, Patrick Beverly was held out. These are all these were all non-COVID illnesses. But Patrick Beverly, um, like I mentioned, Lonnie Walker, AD had a little bit of it. Uh, Braun had talked about it in a game. What was that? Two weeks ago, where he said, "Yeah, on a on a Sunday night when the Lakers finished, he was in bed until their game on Wednesday. He was dealing with it as well." And then you had obviously the injuries to Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant. Hopefully, just hopefully, that by the time we do get to Friday, Lakers they are healthy and they do have all their guys. More than anything else, Laker fans, the reason why I'm hoping that happens, um, I, I just want to see what they have. And I think we have a pretty good idea what they have. But can these next seven games, by the time November's done, you're 25% done with the season. The season will be 25% in. Um, if we could at least see if they're closer to 500, if they are competing, if you know what, no, no, those first 10, 12 games, that was not a good representation of the Lakers. These last eight to 10 games, this is a much better representation I think that's going to help also with just some clarity of what the Lakers should do the rest of the way. Um, Mark Stein, who's done just a fantastic job reporting for the NBA for a number of years, um, this is what he said. He said that, I'm going to read this, um, basically talked about how the Lakers would prefer to see how the team looks when Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant are healthy before making any changes to the roster that they are, there is kind of some curiosity here. Can those guys, what, what will their impact be? What will their role be? Get LeBron in the back, get LeBron back in the lineup as well. So I think that's going to weigh a little bit on what the Lakers end up doing. We saw a couple weeks ago, Woj had, probably even more than a couple weeks ago now, Woj had put out that tweet about, hey, usually deals probably don't expect anything till after Thanksgiving, and it's going to give a lot of teams out there an opportunity to see are we trying to win, but we're not good enough? Should we just start selling? Or other teams, you know what, um, didn't think we were going to be good. Should we go out and try to go get some more players and make a run here? You usually will kind of have some of those answers by the time you get to the end of November, the beginning of December, maybe halfway through December. So teams that maybe never even thought of making a move may have some interest in uh, making a move with the Lakers when that time is right, simply just based on how they started their season when they're 25% in or something along those lines. So that would get us all the way through November. But I did think that was interesting. Um, Dennis Schroeder, Thomas Bryant, maybe they come back uh, at some point this week. If it's not Friday, you know it's going to be in the near future. I think they may get reevaluated. It looks like on Thursday is when they get reevaluated. And, and I've actually seen going out um, – you know, Lakers uh, doing the pregame show. I'm out at the arena pretty early, and I do get an opportunity to see some of these guys um, warming up, and I've seen them all. I, I saw Dennis Schroeder, and I saw Thomas Bryant. I saw both of them over the last week or so out there taking some shots, going through some pregame routines, uh, that whole thing. So that's a good sign for the Lakers. We'll see what kind of impact those players can have, and we'll see if that is truly what the Lakers are waiting for in determining whether they need to make a move, they should make a move, they shouldn't. Um, if you're sitting at 5-15 and 15 through 20 games and you go out there and you make a move, what is that? I mean, is that move going to make you good? I mean, do you really want to waste draft capital to go from being a 12th team in the West to a 10th team in the West? Or if you're closer to 500 and you're 9-11 and 11, and now you think, hey, there's a move. We got off to a bad start, but now we're actually playing some good basketball. A move can actually really kind of propel us to being more competitive in the Western Conference. I think we're going to get those answers here over the uh, the rest of the schedule here in uh, in November. Okay. Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation, always uh, appreciate having Trevor on. He's coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Lakers uh, off all week. All week. No games for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, they don't have another game till uh, Friday night against the Detroit Pistons over at Crypto.com. want to welcome in Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Always nice enough to join the show and always offers such great content. Trev, thanks for taking the time, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Alan. Thanks for having me. Um, okay, let, let's start with this. I, I spent a lot of time on this. I'm sure you have as well. Um, Anthony, da- Anthony Davis has always been a big conversation around Lakers basketball. He's always been a big conversation of um, wanting more. You know, I, I think Laker fans, they look at Anthony Davis. Everybody knows his talent. Everybody knows he helped the Lakers win championship number 17. But I think there's, you know, I think there's a a piece of a lot of Laker fans that, no, 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 you got to give more. You, you, we got to see it on a more consistent basis. You got to take over a game, whatever the case is, whatever predicament or situation. Yesterday he had one of those games, Trev, where it was 37 points, it was 18 rebounds, he was incredibly efficient, you felt his presence. What's the best reason that you can give, just based on as much Lakers basketball as you watch, why don't you think we feel AD's impact on a more consistent basis night in and night out? Well, I mean, I think that obviously it was great to see what he did last night. It was great to see him really come out there and, and take hold of that game and do everything that, that like you said, fans have been asking to, to see out of him for him to be that one A star, the guy that's going to put the team on the back and say on his back and say, no, we're not losing this game tonight. That's exactly what he did. Uh, I don't know if he's capable physically of doing that on a night in night out basis. You can get these kind of blow up performances. I also think the specific of specifics of this game allowed for this to happen. And part of it was just, I mean, all the credit to Anthony Davis. He went out there, he got it, did everything he needed to do. The Nets defensively weren't doing as much to deny the entry passes we saw, say, the Sacramento Kings do. We also saw the Nets lose uh, Nick Claxton uh, midway through the game, and so that meant they didn't really have another center to go up against Anthony Davis. I'm not saying the result would have been much different. AD was dominating either way. But I think the you had the right environment for him to really take over, and then the team also being in a situation where their back was kind of against the wall and they needed somebody to step up. And so he had that, that extra motivation. And apparently, according to AD himself, the Packers win over the Cowboys somehow also inspired him to do that. So it took a number of things to get this kind of a game out of him. But boy, they sure needed it. Yeah, let, let's get, um, if he needs old Packer highlights or whatever he needs, whatever we got to throw in that <laughs> locker room, we're happy to uh, to provide it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Listen, and I mentioned this as well. 
There were some circumstances to yesterday's game. Obviously, Brooklyn played the Clippers on Saturday. I listened to Jacques Vaughn, uh, was there for his pregame interview, and he said the biggest challenge they were going to have against the Lakers was they're coming off a game with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy spent on the Clippers, and the Lakers kind of benefited off of that. Um, the the AD piece for me, it's more to do with, you know, there's a game on uh, Friday night, Lakers and the Kings. And like you said, teams are going to be smart on and say, okay, hey, we want to keep – if we can hold Anthony Davis to – um, if we can make sure that we double on Anthony Davis and we kind of we we limit his looks and everything else, and we let Russ or Patrick Beverly or Lonnie Walker beat us, I think the Sacramento Kings had that game plan with Anthony Davis. And with a couple minutes left to go in the game, it was De'Aaron Fox for the Sacramento Kings going on an eight nothing run. Um, taking over the game. The best player for the Sacramento Kings took over the game. AD really didn't have those opportunities. What do you do when teams focus so much on Anthony Davis the way, let's use the Sacramento Kings as an example, and they say, all right, we'll let anybody else beat us. How can AD, you think, still put his imprint in the game when teams have that much of a focus on him? And oh, by the way, every team tries to do that against the top five or ten players in the NBA. And most of the times, those best players in the league still try to, or still find a way to produce. Yeah, you've got to get the ball into his hands and let him go to work, whether that means finding him in the high post, involving him some pick-and-roll actions. The Kings were really selling out and saying, we're going to put two, sometimes three defenders on him and do everything we can to deny the entry pass to him so he can't even get the ball. I also think the Lakers have got to do a better job of punishing the Kings or, or whatever team it is that's doing this to them for their choices. You have to make if the team's going to take away Anthony Davis, that means they're giving up something else. And I thought the Lakers did a really poor job of recognizing where those opportunities were and then hitting the open shooter that would have been available as a result of the Kings putting so much pressure on Anthony Davis, because that's something that can soften a team up a bit is if you're consistently making the correct pass, the one that's open, and then you're burning the Kings because they're selling out so much on Anthony Davis and you're getting a Lonnie Walker corner three or a drive to the rim or something like that, that can cause them to think twice before they commit everybody to Anthony Davis. And instead, the Lakers were just kind of, they were rewarding the Kings for their, their choices. They looked confused and couldn't figure out a way to really counter what they were throwing at them. So that's going to be something to watch moving forward. It's not just AD needs to be more aggressive. That was definitely a factor, but it was also the Lakers' strategic game plan in terms of how they were handling what the Kings' defense was throwing at them. Trev, what have you, um, what have you taken away? How, how surprised have you been on Lonnie Walker at his start with the Lakers? I mean, Lonnie's been great. You know, Heading into the season, we were wondering, is there a spot for him in this in this rotation, he's going to be battling a lot of, a lot of other players. And now he's become in, indispensable. When he's out, when he was out uh, with that illness, it yep. was really tough for the Lakers to score any, any points. You know, he had 25 uh, against the Nets. He's been shooting better from three. And I think defensively as well, he's been, you know, he's not a great defender. He's not a lockdown defender or anything like that. But he's a guy that can go out there and compete and not be a negative out there on the floor. And those were, those were the two question marks coming into the season is can he be good enough defensively? And can he hit enough shots from behind the arc in order to make teams pay for leaving him? And, uh, you know, for San Antonio fans would have said no. He wasn't able to do that last season. But so far for the Lakers, the answer has been yes. He's been good in both areas. And it's been, uh, it's been a major, major factor for the Lakers and the wins they've gotten his ability to produce. Trevor Lane, who covers the uh, Lakers for Lakers Nation, does a great job, fantastic job. Follow him on all his platforms. Uh, also a great job on YouTube as well, joining us here on Lakers Talk. Um, Trevor, I, I know it's kind of hard to quantify, but Mark Stein had put something out there that the Lakers um, – okay, a couple things. First, Sham Sharani had put out that uh, – both Thomas Bryant and Dennis Schroeder could potentially come back by Friday. We'll see what happens. I know they're going to get reevaluated this week. The Mark Stein piece was that the Lakers, there's probably more, they're, they're, they're curious to know how those guys fit in and the type of impact that they have and what this team looks like before they go out and really try to make a move or whatever the case is as far as uh, trades for the Lakers, trying to find ways to improve the roster. I'm just curious, how much do you think – do you have a good idea of what this Lakers team is right now or um, that Thomas Bryant, Dennis Schroeder, get Braun obviously back in the lineup? I know he's missed a couple of games in a row. Or are you still kind of trying to figure out what this team is? 
Yeah, I think you're still figuring it out. And because Schroeder and Brian are so close to coming back, you know, Lonnie Walker may have let the cat out of the bag in his postgame uh, last night after the win. He hundred percent gave us a full. He gave us a full injury report just within his post game. So we appreciate that, Lonnie. We do appreciate that. <laughs> he he did he did a fantastic job, Lonnie Walker, MD. Um, but uh, but he sure made it sound like they're going to be back. So I know a lot of fans have been saying, "Hey, these guys, they've got to make a move. Got to make a move now. Got to get something done." I think it's close enough when we're talking about Friday. You know, if they're back then, that gives you a chance to really evaluate because that informs your decision making. When you, when you go to make a trade. I mean, Damian Jones, he's not had it. Wendy and Gabriel and AD have been the only real playable bigs on this roster. If Thomas Bryant can come in and make a difference there, then that lets you know whether or not you need to get another center in a trade. And that's when you're talking about you know, Miles Turner, when you're talking about Jakob Pertl. Same thing with Dennis Schroeder. Kendrick Nunn has not had it. Can Dennis Schroeder come in and fill that role? And if the answer is is no, then maybe, okay, then you're talking about a Terry Rozier or someone like that that you might need to go get in order to give you a little bit more depth there at that guard position, particularly as, a, as a, uh, another point guard. So I think that given that they kind of need what Schroeder's doing and, and Thomas Bryant would do for you, they need both of those things, and they need to find out, and it's not, it's not a lock that those guys can give you those things, so you need to find out first and foremost before you start getting into a trade negotiation situation, what do we need? Can Thomas Bryant, can Dennis Schroeder fill those roles? And then depending on that answer, that's going to help make you uh, a little bit more informed when you go to make a trade and, and you know exactly what it is that the team needs. Trev, how tough of a spot? You know, I, I think if I ask this question to five different Laker fans, I might get five different answers. But how tough of a spot do you think this team is in determining um, – going to go make a trade this year, um, trying to improve the roster, uh, understanding that those assets that you have are really the last remaining assets that you have, or staying put and saying, all right, you know what? Uh, we don't like the position that we're in. We'd rather just wait till the offseason and see what we could do. How do you, you kind of look at that? How do you weigh whether the Lakers should go out there and make a move? And, and Or you could simply say this, because this is where I fall, I want to know where are you 20 and 25 games, somewhere around there, of what your record looks like. Are you well below 500 where you feel like, hey, this is just not a good team, and to go waste more assets on a team that really it's not going to make a big difference? Or in another scenario, wow, they're playing a lot better, and if there is a move out there to be had, they can potentially make a run. I know that's being incredibly optimistic, and I'm not sold on that one, but we'll see what happens here over these next, let's say, 10 games or so. Where do you kind of fall in that uh, in that picture? Yeah, I think that they are, they're in a very difficult spot. They're in a very difficult spot because they don't want to give up those future assets. They would rather hang on to them, but at the same time, there's going to be pressure on them for fans. There's going to be pressure from LeBron. There's going to be pressure for Anthony Davis to get something done and not just punt, essentially, on the season. So they've got to make a decision. And I think the, the big qualifier for me is if I'm the Lakers, I need to make sure that if I'm going to trade those two future first-round picks, I need to get back things that could be uh, a part of the team for years to come. So younger players, when you look at, you know, there was the rumor out there about the Lakers still being interested in Bojan Bogdanovich, who's a fantastic player. He's having a great season, but he's 33 years old. Mm. If I'm the Lakers, you're going to lose some flexibility. If you make a move, if you trade away these picks, you're going to lose some of your cap space for the summer, but you don't want to completely ruin your flexibility moving forward. You want to get guys to where if say two years from now, LeBron rides off into the sunset and you decide, you know what? It's time for us to go into a rebuild. You want to get some players who will be able to potentially be flipped at that point for other assets that you can use moving forward and help springboard your next generation of the Lakers. And if you get guys who are, say, 33, 34 years old, you're not getting that. So I'm, I'm on board with the move. I'm not enamored with the free agent class this summer. I think you can do your free agent shopping right now. But again, you have to check that box of finding players that are going to be able to potentially be part of your team for years to come so they at least still have value and give you the ability to pivot into the future at least as much as we can foresee. We never know exactly what's going to happen in this league. Sure. But as far as we can foresee, they'll still have value in a few years. Um, we, we got a chance, and you know, I, I, I kind of try to look at it more often now, uh, 
LeBron's missed the last couple games, and I think Lakers got a little fortunate that they only have then have a game till Friday. So he's going to get, I think, eight full days of rest. Are, are you looking at Bron? And I, I don't know how you've seen him so far this year. Uh, he, he's been struggling from the field. Had a good game as far as statistics go against the Clippers when he did injure his groin. I think he was twelve of twenty-two from the field before he left with about five minutes left to go. How have you? How have you seen Bron so far this year? And how much of a concern is just the? Hey, I, I'm not sure. Just based on those mileage, or based on that mileage, that. Um, that Braun, as the year progresses, if you don't have similar concerns of him having some some injuries throughout the season, yeah, that, that's got to be a concern. You know, with the way this Lakers roster is built, LeBron James and Anthony Davis both have to play like demigods out there, right? I mean, they have to be absolutely fantastic with the way this is built because they're eating up, you know, the the, the, the lion's share of the the salary cap space. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. So you need those guys playing at an extremely high level. LeBron, he's looked a little bit off. But I've seen a lot of people counting him out, and I just can't get there. I, I'm not going to just assume that Father Time has won the battle here with LeBron James at this point because he's had the illness, the, the virus that's been going around the Lakers locker room that everybody's been getting, and then he's been dealing with the foot injury. Now he's got the groin injury that he's dealing with. So I don't think you know he's talked about getting out of rhythm and everything. I think it's too early to say this is just what LeBron is from here on out. I think we need to give him – a little bit more leeway because he has been such an incredible player for so many years. I don't think we've seen the best of him this season. There is a little bit of cause for concern. It could be an age thing that's catching up to him, but there's those extenuating circumstances that say, you know what, let's hold off a little bit on, uh, on putting the nail in his coffin here and let's give him a chance to come back, get healthy, and then show what he's got when he's really in rhythm. That's when that. That's why I, I sit here, and, I, and this isn't breaking news or anything. But that's why the the AD piece is so key. It's so important. You know, if you could have mm-hmm. nights where Anthony Davis is, guys, just get on my back. I got it. I'm, he's the 29 year old, right? He's the one that's in his walking into or in the middle, technically in the middle of his prime. And maybe I'm asking for too much, but that that was I, I'm assuming that was always the vision that the Lakers had is that by the time Bron is in your 19 and 20 that there's less on Braun and there's more on Anthony Davis. Hopefully, obviously, that happens or comes to fruition as the season progresses. Um, I, I, fa- I found myself these last couple of games, and it's kind of interesting because Russell Westbrook, we spent a lot of time over this last year or so talking about Russ. Since he's come off the bench, it's not to say that you know his, his the conversation's not there, but because he's been a lot more productive – the conversation about Russ has changed. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have games where he struggles from the field. It doesn't mean that he's still making you know some turnovers that could be the difference. I, th- I thought there was some stretches in that game against the Kings that if he was more um, he was more uh, uh, controlled the ball more, a little bit more responsible with the ball, sp- specifically before that first half ended, maybe the results would have changed. But h- how has your conversation kind of changed and your interaction with Laker fans? Um, about Russell Westbrook over these last couple of weeks or so? Oh, it's, tra- it's changed a ton. It went from the Lakers need to move Russell Westbrook if they're going to have any kind of success this season. You have to make a trade. You have to make it now to, well, what, what, what could they get for Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn? What if you put those salaries out there, out there? It's completely changed where a lot of Lakers fans are now on board with, you know what, if there's not, if there's not a great deal out there or teams are going to say, hey, you're going to have to surrender assets in order to move Russ, Let's just hang on to Russell Westbrook. Let's just keep him and let's see what we can do. Can you get one of Miles Turner or Buddy Heal by stacking up some other salaries? What other options are there that are that are out there? And I, I agree with you. I don't think that the, the trade conversation with Russell Westbrook is done. I don't think that the Lakers have shut the door on that or anything like that. But um, he's been he's had his moments where he's looked like last year's version of Russ, but he's also had a lot of moments where he's looked much improved. And the, the whole relationship with Lakers fans has shifted to the point where now I almost feel like fans would be a little bit sad to see him go because he's starting to build that connection with L.A. fans. And that's, that's Alan, that's fantastic. That's what we want to see. Sure. We don't want to see animosity towards Russ or anything. So it, it's been one of the silver linings for the season is seeing the home crowd getting behind Russell Westbrook, him being successful. It, it's fantastic to see that taking place. Trev, final question, and I appreciate you taking the time, as always, of, uh, of joining the show here. Um, 
How do you think this next stretch, 10, 15 games or so, do you think the Lakers, do you think the 2-10, and 10, now 3-10, and 10, do you think that start is closer to who they are or do you think we're going to see a different basketball team over this next, let's say, 30 days or so? I, I think we are going to see a different basketball team. I think part of this is they've had some injuries, they've had some illnesses, they've also had a, a really difficult schedule in the early going. I mean, just ridiculously rough. Uh, schedule early on so I think if they can get healthy and they have a little bit of a break in the schedule we're going to see I'm not talking about a championship team or anything like that but a team that's not one of the worst in the Western Conference that shows that they can compete on any given night that's what I'm looking for over the next 30 games and that should be enough to potentially get the front office to make a move here and try to give them a little bit uh, more in terms of uh, reinforcements. Trev, thank you, brother. I appreciate you coming on the show. I know every time I uh, I have you on, Laker fans always get excited about it as well. So thanks for taking the time. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me as always, Alan. All right, that is uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Uh, like I mentioned, the guy pumps out content like crazy. He does a fantastic job. So always appreciate him joining the show. Um, okay, uh, give my final thoughts when we come back here. There was also LA Times had this top 75 ranking of all-time Lakers. I want to kind of dive a little bit into that as well. Do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, shout out to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We appreciate their partnership on the show. Uh, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Pull-up, drive-in, drive-out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Appreciate all our partners that are a part of this show. Always uh, uh, great to have them uh, aligned with what we do here on Lakers Talk. Um, okay, so a couple quick things here that I want to get into. Trevor Lane, great as always. Uh, I tend to agree with him on that last part about this team. I don't think they're a two and ten team. I don't. I know they're sitting at three and ten now. All right, we'll take it. One game winning streak. Um, but I don't think they're that bad. I don't. Now it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the results are. And as Michael Thompson always reminds me in the pregame show that Bill Parcell saying you are what your record says, he's right. <laughs> no one's, um, but I, I don't think they're going to, every 10 games, be 2-10, and 10, right? And be 4-20 uh, or whatever the case is. I think they are a better team than that. Now, th- they're going to have some games that are definitely winnable, and hopefully health is going to be on their side as we uh, move forward as well and get Thomas Bryant back, get Dennis Schroeder, get Braun back, and then really kind of have an idea of what the squad is. Um, you know, looking at the NBA standings as well, there's some teams that it's not just the Lakers that are off to a really bad start. Golden State Warriors are 5-8. and eight. The defending NBA champions are 5-8. and eight. I don't think anybody would have thought that. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who went out there and made that trade for Rudy Gobert, um, they're 6-8. and eight. So they've got off to a weird start. They're struggling. Heck, look at the top of the NBA standings right now. The Portland Trailblazers have the best record in the Western Conference at 9-4. and four. Denver, I'm not as surprised. They're 9-4. and four. Uh, Utah, obviously, have been a surprise as well. They're 10-5. and five. Now, they've lost two games in a row. They lost to the Sixers and the Wizards on the road. So we'll see if uh, that momentum that they built it will be sustained or if they'll struggle. Um, Phoenix eight and five, Clippers eight and six. I think they beat Houston a little bit earlier today, 
but Clippers, a lot of their wins are against bad teams. They don't have that many impressive wins. So you, you look at the Western Conference, there are some prize, surprises out there. And trust me, I'm not justifying the Lakers start by any stretch of the imagination, but there's some other teams that you expect to be a little bit better. The East, not that much of a surprise. Boston, Milwaukee, Atlanta, I think those are all good teams. I'm not surprised or shocked there. Cleveland got off to a really good start now. They've lost four games in a row. And then uh, Philly obviously does not have James Harden. Miami only playing 500 ball. I thought they'd be better. Brooklyn's been up and down. Chicago trying to win without Lonzo. So the NBA is kind of a little bit all over the place right now. Um, but that's kind of the excitement early in the season is everybody's kind of trying to figure themselves out. So the LA Times did this, uh, the 75 greatest Lakers. Kind of cool. It, it, it really is. And I'm not going to sit here and say, ah, I can't believe this person is number three and that person's number five. I'm just going to tell you what they have. They have the 75 greatest Laker players. Um, and I'll, I'll go through a little bit of the list, but they have a few of their columnists that, um, uh, it's all based on a point system of how they determine the 75 greatest players. They had Magic Johnson as the greatest Laker of all time. Now, I don't think if you said that to 10 people, uh, I think you might get some people say, ah, come on, what, why Magic? But most people, I don't think it's a crazy, crazy. I'd put Kobe at number one, and I'd put Kobe at number one because he represented the purple and gold for 20 years. But again... I'm not going to argue um, whether you want Magic there, you want Kobe there. I think a lot of this also has to do with – it's so tough when, you, when, when people do these because it has to do with generations, right? Like what generation did you grow up in? And I'll give you an example. Um, I'm sure – okay, so they had, uh, they had Ma- Magic 1, they had Kobe 2, Kareem at 3, Jerry West at 4, Elgin Baylor at 5, Shaq at, at 6. I didn't grow up watching Elgin Baylor. So when I look at this list, I'm like, whoa. How's Shaquille O'Neal not in the top five? But I'm sure those that did get a chance to watch Elgin Baylor, um, they would sit here and make the case, no, 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 this is why Elgin, they go into the long laundry list of whatever it is. I just know Shaq has NBA Finals, three NBA Championships, three Finals MVPs. Um, But different eras are, it's so different for everybody. So I hate to kind of say, well, I think this guy should be there or this or whatever the case is. But the top 75 list was there. So if you want to go see that full list, you go see it on LA Times. Um, Quick shout out. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Laker fans, always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Go catch the full show if you didn't get it on the ESPN LA podcast. Just got to get that app, ESPN LA. Thank you for being a part of the show. I'll be back tomorrow with Travis Rogers. LA, have a great rest of your night. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.